Good morning. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Psalm, chapter 9, and we'll be looking at verse 16 today. As you're turning there, how many people... Now, if you're thinking about society as a whole, how many people believe that they can get away with sin? I mean, we see sin all around us. And when you think about the people committing sinful acts, especially the lost, they believe they can just get away with sin. They can do whatever they want. It's as if people don't care what they do as long as their lusts are fulfilled. Now, if you think about it, we can't get away with sin. God sees everything that we do. He knows our every thought. There's absolutely no way that we can get away with sin because He sees all and He knows all. And then if you think that you can run from God, all you have to do is read the book of Jonah. Jonah tried to run from God, and he didn't get very far, because you can't run from God. But when you think about sin, can we really prosper when we sin? Now, we might enjoy sin for a season, You might have prosperity here, but in the long run, you cannot prosper with sin. Now, why is that? Because sin is a violation of God's law and God's commands. Two different things. God's law and his commands. Sin is a violation of both of those things. And we also know that God will punish sin. God punishes sin. And when we read the scripture, we also know something else about sin. And that is, the, when we commit sin, we become ensnared by sin. It ensnares us, it traps us. And we continue to want to commit the same sins over and over and over again because once we are ensnared by sin, we become a servant of sin. Now, today what we're going to do is we're going to look at being ensnared by sin and what that means. So look at Psalm 916. Now, on the back of your bulletin, there's a notation error there. I accidentally put 917 instead of 916, but it is 916. It says, The Lord is known by executing judgment. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Higion Salah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us today, Lord, as we worship together. Just give us an insight and understanding into your word. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today. 
Just give me the words to say and let the words that are spoken be your words and hide me behind the cross today, Lord, and let you be the focus. And Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to speak to hearts today. And if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts today and just let them see their need for you. And again, Lord, we lift up those that are sick and shut in, those that may be traveling. We just pray that you would just be with them today, Lord, as they travel and just keep them safe and be with those that have lost loved ones, Lord, and be with those that are sick, Lord, and just comfort them during their time of trial. And Lord, I just pray that you would bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now again, when we look at what sin is, sin is a violation of God's command, his commands, and his law. Now, to give you two examples of this, if you flip over to Genesis chapter 3, and we're not going to read that, but we see Adam and Eve whenever they were in the Garden of Eden and Eve was tempted by Satan and then they were judged by God and then kicked out of the Garden. Now, whenever Adam and Eve fell into sin, what they had done... Now remember, God's law had not been given yet. That did not come until Moses. But what Adam and Eve had done is they had violated God's command. He had told them not to do a certain thing, do not eat of this tree. And when they did that, they violated his command and failed to sin. That was a violation of God's command. Now, if you flip over to 2 Samuel chapter 11, you get David. God had already given his law. And what did David do? David committed adultery with Bathsheba, violation of the law, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not commit adultery. And then he had Uriah the Hittite killed in order to try and hide the sin. Another violation of the the law, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill or murder. He actually had Uriah murdered. So that was a violation of the law. So we have a violation of the commands of God and a violation of the law and both of these violations are sinful. They're considered sinful because they were a violation of God's command and his law. But when they fell into sin, when Adam and Eve and David fell into sin, what happened? Look at what David writes here. The Lord is known by executing judgment. As soon as they fell into sin, God executed judgment upon them. As soon as they fell into sin. And if you think about it, God is known for executing judgment. Yes, we know God because of his grace his mercy, and his love, but we also know God by his executing of judgment. 
And if you think about it, the first way we meet God is through his execution of judgment. It's not until we hear the gospel message that we see God as giving us grace, we see his mercy, and we see his love. Before that, when we are still dead in trespasses and sin, we meet him as the executor of judgment. So that's how we meet God originally. But if you think about Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve had not known God that way. They had walked with God in the garden. They were in a state of innocence. But when they fell into sin, they met God a different way. They met him as the executor of judgment upon their sin. You know, they had walked with God now. He was their judge. When you look at David, David had been a man after God's own heart, but David had known God as the executor of judgment. But he was still known as a man after God's own heart. He loved God. He wrote beautiful hymns to God. He was the king of Israel. He was the Lord's anointed. Yet when he fell into sin, he too became subject to God's judgment because of that sin. And what happens? God sends Nathan to David and declares judgment upon David because of sin. And God is known to us the same way, like I said. He is known to us by the exec- as the, executor, the ex- executing judgment. I can get that out. He's known to us by executing judgment. Now, if you think about it, we know him as the divine judge. And we know that before anything else. But it's only after, as I've said, it's only after hearing the gospel, learning about his love in the word of God, that we know him as the giver of grace, mercy, and love. But look at what happens because of sin. Go back to Adam and Eve and David. Look at what happens to them because of sin. Because whenever they they sin, what happens? They become ensnared by it. Ensnared by this sin. Now, they were under the bondage of sin. When Adam and Eve sin, they become under the bondage of sin. They become trapped by it. When David sinned, he became trapped by it. Now I want you to think about something with David. Nathan came to David after Bathsheba was pregnant and after Bathsheba had already had the baby. 
So God waited nine months before he executed his judgment on David. Because the child would be part of that judgment. Adam and Eve were judged immediately after their sin. So just think about that. When Adam and Eve were under the bond of sin, they became ensnared by it. And you knew that they were ensnared by it, but what they did next. What happens right after they, they sin? They try to hide. They try to hide from God. They were covered in sin and they tried to hide from God and they sewed fig leaves together in order to... Can you... Uh... I can still blame Della. <laughs> she is. That's why I said that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Darth Vader is in the house. <laughs> but, let's see. When Adam and Eve had fallen into sin, we knew that they were ensnared by it because they sewed fig leaves together to try to hide. They tried to hide their sin from God. They tried to hide from God. But then they also started to pass blame around. If you look in Genesis 3, what happens? Adam blames God and Eve. He says, the woman you gave me caused me to sin. Adam tries to blame both God and Eve. Eve blames the serpent. The serpent beguiled me. He tricked me. The only person that didn't, blame, that didn't pass blame around was Satan. Because he knew what he had done. The serpent didn't try to blame anybody. But they tried to pass blame around. David tries to hide his sin by having Uriah the Hittite killed. Then he marries Bathsheba in an attempt to hide it. And then when Nathan comes to talk to him, David puts on this air of righteousness and gets angry at the story that Nathan tells, but Nathan was talking about David. Because David was the rich man in that story. They were ensnared by their sins. And if you think about it, what had they become at that moment? They had become wicked. Look at what David writes in 16. The Lord is known by executing judgment. The wicked is snared in the work of their hands. They had become ensnared by the work of their own hand. They become wicked. Because that's what sin does. It makes us wicked. 
Why? Because sin is evil. Sin is evil. It makes us wicked. And through sin and the commission of sin, even the best of people, think about this, even the best of people can be wicked. The best of people can be wicked because of sin. And this happens because sin changes mankind. The more we sin, the more we want to commit sin. And the more we commit sin, the harder our hearts become towards the things of God. While we are in the act of sinning, nothing else matters. Think about that. Because we all sin. And if you think about the last time you committed a sin, while you were in the commission of that sin, nothing else mattered to you except committing that sin. And then what happens after you commit it? You want to commit it again. Even though the Lord is grieved and he is convicting you of that sin at that moment because we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and when we sin we grieve the Holy Spirit, we still want to go out and commit the same sin again. And it's only after we commit the sin and we finish in the act of sinning do we feel remorse for it. But not while we're doing it. Why? Because when we are in the act of sinning, we become wicked. Wicked. Because sin is evil. And then after we feel remorse, we can turn right around and commit the same sin again. Because sin is evil. And we become ensnared by it when we sin. And if you think about sin, sin is, as David says, the works of our own hands. Because when we sin, we are committing a voluntary act. We can't say, the devil made me do it. Because the devil doesn't make you do anything. He tempts but he cannot make us sin. We do that on our own. It's a voluntary act. It's the work, as David says, of our own hands. And through our own actions, our own sin, we become wicked. But you know, if you think about something... When we sin, something else happens as well. When you're thinking about sin, if we do not repent of our sin, if we do not turn from our sin, the more wicked we become. The more we sin, the more wicked we become. Because we are, in a sense, enveloped by evil. Because sin, all sin, is evil. And the worse our sins, the more we sin, the more we become a slave to sin. Now I want you to think about something. Look at what Jesus writes in John chapter 8. 
Turn to John chapter 8 real quick, verse 34. Jesus is talking to the Jews here, and he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. Now look at that. Whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin, or is the servant of sin. The more we sin, the more ensnared we become by it, the more we become its slave. Now the lost, those who are lost, are already slaves to sin. But when the Christian falls into sin, the Christian can be enslaved by it as well. Sin ensnares us. And we become a servant of it by this ensnarement, by this entrapment in sin. Again, the lost in their spiritually dead state are servants of sin. They're ensnared by it. And they're wicked. They're dead in their trespasses and sin and they will face God when he executes judgment upon them. And that's how they're going to know him. And that's actually how they know him now, the executor of judgment. Now, can a Christian be wicked? Look at Psalm 917. Now what David writes. He says the wicked shall be put in or turned into hell, will be put into hell, cast into hell. A Christian can't go to hell. But a Christian can be wicked. A Christian can commit wicked acts. When a Christian falls into sin, they commit wicked acts, don't they? And through our actions, we can face the judgment of God that way. Our sin was paid for on the cross. But through our sin, once we fall back into sin... We can grieve the Holy Spirit and God can punish us while we're here because of that wickedness. And think about something else. A Christian can once again come under the bondage of sin and become a servant of it. Remember, Christ frees us from the bondage of sin. Once we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're no longer shackled to sin. We become a child of God. He has freed us from the bondage of sin and the rule of sin in our life. Whenever we fall back into sin as a Christian, we are willfully doing it and we are willfully going back into that servitude of sin. Willfully doing that. 
Is that not wicked? Yes, that's wicked. It's wicked when we willfully go back into the servitude of sin. It's wicked when we sin. Because sin is evil and all sin is against God. Christ has freed us from the bondage of sin. But when a Christian falls into sin and becomes ensnared by sin again and comes under that servitude of sin and becomes a servant of sin, that is a willful act. It's a willful act when we do that. And God will punish that willful act. But when you think about sin and what Christ has done, he has freed us from sin. And he can free the lost from sin and that ensnarement of sin. And if you're ensnared by sin if you have fallen back under the bondage of sin, or if you have never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, or in servitude of sin right now, turn to Christ. Repent of your sin and be freed from that ensnarement. Know the grace, mercy, peace, and love of God. And repent today. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us as we go in this time of invitation. Again, Lord, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision, I just pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us. Continue to overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.